Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. Hey. Another week. What's up? We made it. I feel like every week that we make it is is a win. I think, I mean, I think, I think as a, generally in life, that's a, that's a good way to look at things. But especially now, <laughs> yeah. I think every week that we get back here as a country, it's a win, everybody. So good job. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. High five your imaginary friend because you know you guys are best friends now because <laughs> it's the only person you've talked to in what feels like six months, but we did it. Yay. <laughs> so this week, Disney gave us a little something to be excited about with the Disney family sing-along on yeah, ABC and... You know, I don't know if it's if Disney just called in every favor they've ever had <laughs> or celebrities are getting very, very bored of not being on camera because they had some crazy stars yeah. singing some popular Disney songs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, one of my favorites of the whole show was Ariana Grande. They got her to sing I Won't Say I'm in Love, which is from Hercules. And, and she, I think and she harmonized with herself. <laughs> she filmed like she had what five of her singing at one point. It was it was very well done. Most people yeah. were just, you know, singing. She uh, she's like, no, I got to harmonize. Ariana was just killing it. That song is already incredible. And then she made it even more incredible. Yeah, it, it, it was it but, was a lot of fun. But there was Josh Groban yeah, was on there. Yeah, Josh uh, Groban was probably my least favorite because they had a background track of kids singing on that one. So I, I he has a beautiful voice and it would be nice to be able to hear him more clearly. But yeah, a lot of the songs, I mean. Yeah, they're I mean, really good. Yeah, you had uh, you know Demi Lovato was on. You had Amber Riley singing "Let It Go." Um, I think Little Little Big Town um, was on there. Christina Aguilera did "Can You Feel the Love Tonight." Yeah, it, that's insane. So again, it, they just and, they had everybody. It was and, it was really well done. Yeah, and it was an interesting mix too. They had some people who actually sang their song from the movie. So like Donny Osmond sang "I'll Make a Man Out of You," which he was the actual voice on that. But then they got some different people, and they could have had Christina sing "Reflection," but they chose to have her sing "Can You Feel the Love Tonight." So they did an interesting mix up of the familiar with not. So yeah. I think it was a lot of fun. And if you haven't checked it out yet, it is currently on Hulu. And then I'm guessing it'll probably move over to Disney plus. Yeah. I would have to imagine. I think Hulu says it expires in seven days, but I'd have to imagine they're going to keep this on some streaming platform somewhere. Mm -hmm. So the other piece of Disney news kind of sticking with streaming. Um, so a week or two ago, you know, Disney announced all their new movie schedules. They announced that the Artemis Fowl movie was not going to be in theaters and it was going to come to Disney plus. They actually announced that it will be coming out on Disney Plus on June 12th. So it was supposed to be released in theaters at the end of May. So it'll just be a few weeks after that. We're going to get to see Artemis Fowl. And this movie looked interesting. I don't know. This, this definitely wouldn't be one that I would have gone to a theater to see. But I think since it's on Disney Plus and I have Disney Plus... So it'll be free to watch. I hey. think it's something. We think don't have much better to do. Well, I think it's something that that I would watch. So I think this is a good one to move to Disney Plus because I don't think this was really gonna, you know, set the box office on fire, anyways. Mm -hmm. But again, I think it looks interesting enough that it's it's a solid addition to the Disney Plus library. Yeah. So the other show that they dropped a trailer on that's coming out at the beginning of May is the prop show. Mm, yeah it's, uh, prop culture and this is <laughs> nice pun as soon as i heard the title i didn't even need to know anything else about it i said yes i'm in because i love movies i love movie props and kind of building things and and i like to know 
I'm more interested in how the movie's made. I like watching the behind the scenes features more than I think the movie themselves. Joe's YouTube algorithm is insane. It's just all behind the scenes or deep dives on certain things. Visual yeah. effects and visual, stuff. So. Yeah, visual effects. If I'm not paying close attention, I he like ropes me into watching these really long things and I'm like, yo, let's you gotta watch know how else. it's made. You gotta know how it's made. So Disney has a whole show now on Disney Plus, a whole series where they are going and I think they're tracking down some some famous props from Disney movies like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I think the synopsis said they're gonna be looking for they're either they're either trying to find it or you know they're gonna kind of show off the uh, Jack Sparrow's coat from Pirates of the Caribbean. So it's just going through like, you know, famous Disney movies. I volunteered to model that one. Yeah. And just kind of (laughs) talking about the history of the props and everything. So I think that'll be really interesting. And it's a new, you know, Disney plus hasn't had, I think a lot of new content lately. I mean, they did at the beginning, at least things that I think we watch. I mean, there's probably a lot more geared towards like younger children just Mm -hmm. on, I know they have like the clone wars, like some of the star Wars animated series, but you know, this is one of the first, I think, you know, new series that has on. So I think if you liked this, this kind of feels to me almost like, Hey, if you liked the world, according to Jeff Goldblum, check this out. Now it's, you know, we're are tracking you, down props. Are you saying that this is going to be comparable to sir? I'm going to give him an honorary, honorary nightship, knighthood, nightship. I don't know what the proper term is there, but you're saying this is as good as sir, Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum, <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's a similar idea because like Jeff Goldblum went around investigating interesting things about pop culture and culture in general. So this is just about prop culture. So it's a similar so, similar idea. Okay, so if, but if you told me Jeff Goldblum was then going to host this show, now you have just gold. He's filming season two. <laughs> so I hope. I sincerely hope. So on today's show, we're doing something a little bit different. We're actually have an interview, a guest. So today we were lucky enough to sit down and talk with remotely, social distancing and all, <laughs> talking with uh, Becky from Disney In Your Day blog. So that's DisneyInYourDay.com. We'll actually put a link to it in the description. Go check her out. She's brilliant. Yeah. So we had a, a really great discussion with her. She blogs about all things Disney, how to fill your day with Disney. So we kind of mm-hmm. touch on that. And she has done 21 uh, run Disney <laughs> it's races. It's insane number. Yes. She's like hashtag my spirit animal. Yes. She, <laughs> she's done uh, both in Disney World, Disneyland. She actually has done a race over in Disney Paris. So she's been all over the world <laughs> doing <laughs> sorry, doing uh, run Disney races. So we really kind of take a deep dive in to run Disney on this episode and her experience. So mm-hmm. if you ever were interested in knowing more about run Disney or, you know, you're thinking about running your first one, Hey, is it right for me? This is a great episode. Becky, um, dropped some, some great knowledge in it. And, and we, you know, really, uh, appreciate her, um, talking with us. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we have, uh, Becky here from Disney So Becky, thanks for, uh, joining us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, in this uh, time, we have all the, the stay-at-home orders. All the parks are closed. It's kind of unprecedented times uh, for Disney with all the theme parks being closed. But what have you been doing to kind of keep Disney in your day to keep the Disney spirit alive? Yeah. So when I started my blog for Disney in your day, the whole idea was that I can't be at the theme parks all the time. So I was trying to come up with other ways to bring Disney into my everyday life, which has become even more pertinent right now. Um, so one of the things that I've been doing is a lot of Disney inspired recipes 
I've been doing a lot of cooking and also drink mixing. La Cava Del Tequila has been doing live Instagrams um, like once, I think every day of cocktail recipes for their different margaritas and stuff like that. So I've watched those and made some of those. And then that sounds like fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And also I have been uh, watching a lot of movies and tv disney plus is awesome right now yes yes it's a lifesaver (laughs) have you tried i know i saw you know disney's been releasing some of the recipes have you tried the the churros i know that was one i haven't yet but it's on my like i have it bookmarked and ready to go as soon as i get getting groceries we have it on our list once we finally get our kitchen up and running and like the hookups for everything in there we're planning on doing a video in there and doing the churros so it'll probably be like nailed it style. <laughs> That's good because I love nailed it. <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. I watched like three episodes today. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, sometimes I relate to that too. We, um, I did an inside out birthday party for myself one year. Oh, wow. And I, I made a cake that had um, like different colors on the inside to represent the different characters. And it looked really nice, but I didn't make enough icing to cover the back. So I just kind of like placed it up against the wall. And then it's like, just don't turn it around <laughs> that's pretty that's impressive pretty awesome yeah i don't yeah. i don't even know i mean so it was just li- different layers i'm thinking like you cut into it and then like one piece is blue and one's purple but that would be impossible so i to do. i actually did it to look like um like the wall of memory so i did like it's hard to describe but i did circular layers so that when you cut it open it looked like colored circles on the inside wow that's impressive. that is impressive. it took a really long time <laughs> Are, are there pictures of this somewhere? Yeah, I have a blog post that I did on it. So there are pictures on my blog of it. Oh my okay. gosh, that's incredible. That. Yeah, a, we'll have to impressive. definitely check that one out. And also, speaking of your blog posts, we loved your March Madness-esque oh. tournament of villains. So as you noted in your post that you were shocked by the villains that made it to the end, Dr. Facilier and Hades were your final two. So if you had to pick your final two, what would you have picked? Yeah, so... I think it's hard because it's depending if do I think about it as who's the most evil, terrible villain that I hate the most or which villain I just like the most as a character. (laughs) (laughs) So I always say for the villain I just think is the absolute worst is Frollo from Hunchback of Notre Dame because he's so real, like real life evil. Mm -hmm. Maleficent and all these other ones they have magic and they're evil for magical reasons and he's just like a terrible person (laughs) (laughs) well that's a good reason (laughs) um but I think my favorite's probably Ursula because I like Little Mermaid and she's a good mix of that like evil but also sassy (laughs) yeah she's over the top in like the best way possible (laughs) Mm -hmm. exactly yeah. So who do you think would win out of like, I guess it would, it is hard because again, you're mad, you're kind of mag- uh, measuring apples and oranges, but who do you, th- yeah. I mean, um, I would probably pick Ursula as my top one. I honestly mm-hmm. expected Maleficent to win or go really far. Cause I kind of always picture her as mm-hmm. the quintessential Disney villain. When you think of a villain. But. Yeah. Oh, that's a good pick. Do you think people, I mean, since, you know, Maleficent, I guess they've made the live action movies lately, but she's kind of from an older movie. Do you think people kind of tend to remember the newer ones more? Yeah, I think people remember the newer ones. And I also think 
part of it is the newer villains are more complex and interesting. You do have that more typical, this is the bad guy and they follow very specific bad guy, like guidelines or rules. Um, Some of the more uh, current villains are more interesting, I think. Yeah, that's true. So what is your favorite thing to blog about? Uh, food. <laughs> it's a simple answer. Like the first thing I, when, if I come back from a trip to the parks, uh, writing food reviews is one of my favorite things. I take pictures of all the food. If anybody travels with me, they've learned that they can't eat anything or touch anything until I take a picture of it. That's so relatable. I, uh, I think last time we were down in the parks, we took, uh, we went somewhere. I can't remember. I think it was during was it food, food and wine. wine. Yeah. I wanted to walk up to a complete stranger and ask <laughs> if I could take a picture of their food. And was like, no, no, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the favorite things you've had? in the parks. Oh my gosh. Um, I love, I really like Sanaa at animal kingdom lodge, Mm. the bread service there, the appetizer, Mm. the bread with all the dipping sauces is like one of my absolute favorite things, but I enjoy most of the animal kingdom lodge and animal kingdom like style foods. I like that African Mm. Indian flavors, like just kind of interesting and different from stuff I normally eat. Yeah. Yeah, we enjoyed Sanaa when we yeah, went. Yeah, I thought it was really good. And and that was like one of our first forays into more exotic eating. I don't mm. know. Like, so I think that now that I eat way more stuff, yeah. I would enjoy it even more. So I'm looking forward to <laughs> finally getting back there. But yeah. yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, definitely. So and, and and Becky, I know, you know, from uh from reading your blog and and your Facebook and everything that you run a lot of the run Disney races. So no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. So you, um, you know, you're, you're, I don't know if you're a big runner or you just like to uh, do the run Disney races, but how many, you know, total races have you done at this point? Uh, for the run Disney events? Yeah. Okay. So I have participated in 12 different run Disney race weekends and 21 different run Disney races. Wow. That's wow. Impressive. <laughs> so have you done them at both uh, Disney world and Disneyland? Or I did. Just all- um, I did one at Disneyland and I did one at Disneyland Paris as well. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. That's so, so international. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What did you do at Paris? I did the inaugural half marathon, the Disneyland Paris half marathon the first year half they had it. Okay. <laughs> so were, now were you a big runner before you started doing all these Disney races or did you start because you, you know, you love Disney and you wanted to, to do the run Disney? So I am a big runner in general now. It's my main hobby aside from Disney things and uh, probably the thing I'm most passionate about. But I started because of the Run Disney events. Okay, oh, that's great. Yeah. Cool. Just, so one I, interest led into another. Yeah. So the first one I did, I did the Enchanted 10K in 2014. And I did it because... People said, oh, it's a really cool way to see Disney in a different way and meet some characters. And it's just a 10K, just a 10K. But (laughs) they're like, oh, you could just walk it. Like you walk around the parks that much. It's no big deal. They didn't have 5Ks at the time. So there wasn't a shorter option. Okay. So I decided to just try it and just kind of to say, oh, I checked this off the bucket list. And then I started actually training and really enjoyed running and just stuck with it. Nice. That's good. Yeah, you have to really enjoy it to do twenty-one different races. Yeah. You yes. do. <laughs> so how Angel's much? Angel's a big runner. Yeah, but I was gonna I don't say how much do, do you like? Do you typically run? Do you run every day? And 
Or... No, like three or four days a week. Um, mm. I have a, some local running groups that when things are normal, we're running. Uh, I run with them on Tuesday and Thursday nights, and then I do a longer run on the weekend by oh, myself nice. yeah that's what, mm-hmm. yeah that's what we did when we were training but yeah then we get lazy <laughs> yeah i know now, it's hard now how do you train because i think in january you did the dopey challenge is that correct yes, yes i that's, did that's what 48 <laughs> miles over four days 48.6 in four days yes okay so how how do you train for something like that this is my first question mm. i followed a training plan i use jeff galloway's plans the ones that are on the run disney website And I think the training for that lasted about six months. I started in July for the January races and he kind of builds up the mileage um, for long runs on the weekend, but also schedules a lot of back to back to back to back runs, which is really the most important thing because if you run a decent distance and then you get up and do it again the next morning, you feel it and you have to get used Mm -hmm. to that feeling. Yeah, I I mean, when we did the 19, so we did mm. the 10K and then the half, uh, my body felt like Mater looks. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I couldn't believe how hard it was. And then, like, I was surprised by, like, the end or on the day that we did the half. I didn't feel too horrible after. But, I mean, the, the hardest part is getting up, I think. Like, getting mm. up at what time did we have to get up? Yeah, you're up at like 3 a.m. every yep. day. Yeah, so you had, you had to do it four days in a row and then do the running too. And so I was worried about that. And it turned out that my body eventually just adapted to it when it was over four days. And we also got up very early the day before because our flight was early. So it was like five days in a row that I was up at three in the morning and I just started falling asleep at eight o'clock. <laughs> that never <laughs> happens. But I feel like... We'd have dinner, we'd come back to the room, and by 7.30, I was, like, almost asleep. <laughs> so you were imagine. eating, yeah, I was going to say, you were eating, like, old people dinner at, like, 3, 4 yeah. o'clock. <laughs> Beating all the crowds, probably were able to get nice reservations. Yeah, out, like, we did, we did, like, 5 o'clock reservations, so. <laughs> nice. Now, would you do it again? So that's a good question. I said no initially, but I think I might maybe, maybe do it again someday. (laughs) Not for a long time though. I need to forget the pain. (laughs) Was that your first marathon? It was my second. I did. Okay. Yeah. I'd done the full marathon at Disney a couple years ago. So you knew you could do all the distances. It was just a matter of doing them four days in a row. I think it helped a lot knowing that I had done a marathon before. I can't imagine doing it as your first Mm -hmm. marathon because a lot of it is mental going into it. Just being in the mental state. I told everybody that I honestly thought the hardest part for me was the half marathon because you've already run the 5k and the 10k. You start the half, you have a full half, like, well, a full half marathon, but you have to do a complete half marathon. Yeah, right. 13 points. But what you're thinking, even if, even when you're halfway through it, you're thinking, I still have, you know, six and a half miles to go and I have to do 26 tomorrow. Tomorrow, right. Yeah. Like, that was the hardest mental state to be in, I think with running it's like always that that amount of like trying to trick yourself you know like trying to think of it the positive way instead of the negative way you know oh i'm already this many in but it's so hard once you think of how many more you have to go yes <laughs> so that was so tough you have to feel so accomplished though after finishing that i mean yeah. i could only only imagine i mean the, the few we've only ever done a half marathon that's the longest distance we've ever done mm. and i know just completing that i'm not a big runner so i i feel pretty accomplished after i you know i i 
completed my first one. I mean, I can only imagine doing a full marathon, let alone, you know, 48 miles yeah, uh, over and a couple of days. I had originally said I wasn't going to do another full marathon ever in my life after the first one. <laughs> um, but I kind of almost felt like I needed a redo because I got sick directly after it, like in okay. bed with the flu for a week. So I never enjoyed the accomplishment. I just kind of okay. like finished the race took a really long nap and didn't get up for a week. Oh, <laughs> that's rough. Now, is it, is it true that during the full marathon, some of the rides are open and you can ride the rides? Yeah. Yeah. Did you? So the first time I did it, I ran, I uh, rode Everest in the middle of the race. Okay. It opens because the parks open like their normal time pretty much. So it opened at nine o'clock and I just happened to be hitting animal kingdom right at nine o'clock. So okay, I just okay. jumped in the single rider line, got on road Everest and then kept going. <laughs> I think that would be the only way I would do it is knowing yeah. I could ride the rides. I think that's <laughs> yeah. the only way you're getting me to do a marathon. It's telling me I can, I can take a break. So that's what I was hoping to do it again this year. And my timing was right. It was like eight 59 when I hit like where Everest is. And I was like, I'll wait around for a minute or two. And there was a cast member saying it had delayed opening. So oh, okay. I guess people that were further behind did get on it later, but I didn't get to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have any hot race tips for costumes or Disney bounds? Yeah. Um, when For race costumes, I like to kind of do something in between, like more than just a t-shirt, but not a full costume. Cause there's people that will wear like, like Halloween costumes basically. And I can't imagine running in that. So I'll usually do some sort of like tech shirt that I make to look like a character shirt and then just wear like regular running shorts or leggings and have a glitter skirt or something fun on top and then add accessories like different headbands or something like that. Aww. Okay. Now what, what's your favorite outfit you've ever done or even maybe seen somebody elsewhere at, at the races? Okay. Well, uh, for me personally, for the half marathon in January, I did an orange bird costume. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's my favorite that I did. Um, I had an orange headband that I painted like his face onto, and then I had like an orange outfit and green arm sleeves and everything. Um, so that, that one I liked. Other people have done such crazy things. I think the one that stands out to me the most when I did the Disneyland half marathon, I saw someone dressed up as Mr. Toad's wild ride, like oh, as wow. the ride vehicle. <laughs> she had like a, a box or something that she had painted to look like one of the cars from Mr. Toad's wild ride. Oh, and she had like God. strapped it on and ran like that. <laughs> Not the dedication. That I, is... I will say, you know, so we did the, the star Wars half half marathon yeah. weekend last year. And that was our, our first, you know, run Disney event. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect too much going into it. I knew people kind of dressed up, but yeah, seeing all of the costumes there and just the different shirts and kind of sayings they had, um, it was impressive. Like I was looking at that, I think more as I was running past people <laughs> than even like the yeah. parks, just trying to, you know, Oh, like, look, you know, look at that person dressed up. But yeah, some of them are, are pretty elaborate. Um, but I think like you, I wouldn't want to wear anything like too hot. Like, I don't know how you run in that. Yeah. 13 miles or plus. I do a uh, princess weekend every year now. And 
there are usually some men that dress up in like full dresses as the princesses oh, wow. and wigs and everything. Like I saw that a man dressed as Merida who had like a full curly <laughs> wig on. <laughs> It's just like the, the things that people do are, are absolutely yeah. insane. I mean, this isn't a Disney marathon, but I saw one guy during a marathon we ran carrying an American flag, like having yeah. to carry a flag the whole time. I mean, like, it's just it's that it's so much dedication. So like how long in advance do you usually plan your costumes? Um, I usually try to have them together like two months before because I do want to do a test run in them. I usually will so wait smart. till it's yeah, but I run around my neighborhood, but I wait till it's dark out so I don't have like <laughs> people staring at me in my weird outfits. <laughs> Which is good because like this this past Princess Half Marathon, I did a jasmine costume, so I had these like puffy pants, but there were pieces of fabric hanging off and they kept my feet kept getting tangled in them. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't have tested it out. So then I could pin everything down. So that didn't happen. So I definitely recommend like if you're doing anything costume wise to test it first. That's yeah. a really good tip, Angela. Yeah. I feel like if you did a costume, you wouldn't test it and you would be the one <laughs> tripping on your feet. I, I would fall you did this. every five steps. <laughs> that, that's a, that, that's that's a, really a good level tip. of uh, dedication and effort that I struggle with. <laughs> so, so you make this stuff too? Like a lot of it? I make some of it or like, kind of put it together from various okay. pieces. Like when I did my orange bird costume, I bought an orange tank top, but then I sewed on like a yellow circle in the middle for his that's... yellow belly. <laughs> oh so. yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's really, that's really cool. <laughs> so what is your favorite run Disney event? You said you do the princess one every year. Is that your favorite then or. Yeah. I, I like it partly because of the timing because it's at the end of February and being here in Pennsylvania, like by the time you get to the end of February, you want to get out of Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 100. So, and that, and that's a good time to be in Florida. It's not too hot there yes. yet. Yeah. So like timing wise, I think that one really works the best for me and I like it for that. But it's also the most crowded, I think, and the one that attracts the most, um, how do you say this? like new runners, people that mm, don't yeah. normally run and are only doing Disney to do Disney. Yeah. So do you, do you usually like try to make sure you have, I mean, I guess your, your race times are probably good. So you'll be in the higher corrals too, to kind of get away from some of those other people. Yeah. I know that was one of our concerns. Yeah. We didn't want to get stuck behind all the walkers. And also we wanted to get there, like be in kind of the front corrals just because we wanted to be able to, like get in and out on the meet and greets real quick during the run, like the race course. Yeah. So I've, I've definitely worked my way up the corral since I started. So um, now for the half marathon, I'm typically starting around corral C. So that mm -hmm. is still a good place to be yeah. to get kind of not have to worry about the walkers and stuff. Although I did notice like when I did the dopey challenge, that so many people were walking the earlier races because I think a lot of people are doing dopey and they mm -hmm. don't want to push too hard, which makes sense. But they were also just kind mm -hmm. of like strolling along in corral a, <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, really? okay. could you not be like right in front of everybody and just like oh. going for your stroll? <laughs> yeah. And I was gonna say, I mean, for, for anybody listening who may not know how the run Disney corral works. So essentially if you have to have a, you have to submit your time, and and fall depending on how quickly your timing is mm -hmm. to get in one of the early crowds so like a b c and then anybody else that 
you know, is new to running or doesn't have a time submitted, they're kind of lumped in at the back. Yeah. It's, I forget how many years is it like three years, something like that. What, how long is your time good for? It's oh, I think two it's years. Two years. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know that you actually had a higher corral because the last, (laughs) I hate to admit this, but the last half marathon we ran, Joe beat the pants off of me. Like (laughs) I just mentally just lost my like mind during that last half marathon. Then I was like, I swore off of them for a while. So he actually came back. He was nice enough to come back into my corral. (laughs) I think you're only one behind me. Yeah, I was only one behind, but still, I mean, if it were me, I'd be like, you you ran slow now you have to live with it. <laughs> um we mentioned kind of the meet and greet characters on the races what are some of the like more favorite characters you see because i know a lot of times at least in the star wars one and what i've seen from some of the other races that they they will bring out some characters that aren't typically out in the park so it's a good chance to see some of the lesser known mm-hmm. characters yeah, I like seeing the really rare characters that you just will never see anywhere else normally. I've seen what most recently I saw um, Esmeralda and Clopon from Hunchback of Notre Dame were. Oh, wow. Yeah, that one was a highlight. And then there's some that like you didn't even know they had a costume for this character. Like I met <laughs> Chicken Little. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's crazy i don't even think i realized he was a disney property he is yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) that's crazy so and and then i also personally get excited if i see a character that's related to like the character that i'm dressed up as so when i did my jasmine costume and jafar was one of the characters i had to stop (laughs) for that photo Oh, yeah. That always makes for a good interaction. It does. Yeah. When you're Disney bounding as a similar character or mm-hmm. the same character. Or even if you have a, like a picture of them on your shirt. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's always usually a nice interaction. They react pretty well to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you have any, you know, since you're kind of, it seems to be the expert here on the uh, the run <laughs> Disney because you've, had, you've run so many races. Yeah. Any tips for people, you know, interested in doing a run Disney race? Maybe it's their first one or maybe they've done one and looking to go back again. Yeah. Um, we kind of touched on a few things already, but I think following some sort of training plan, you know, is always a good Mm -hmm. idea. Unfortunately, I think I see people that want to do a run Disney event just to do it and think they don't have to train. Um, (laughs) like, I don't know, maybe Disney magic will carry them through. (laughs) Um, but even if you're not doing it to be super serious about it, you don't want to feel like you're going to die afterwards because then you can't enjoy the parks either. So um, I like the Galloway training plans on the run Disney website. That's what I, and he starts off doing like a run, walk, run method. So if you haven't done anything before, it's a good way to like ease into it. Mm -hmm. And then just logistically, there's a few things that I try to do in terms of, well, getting race registration. Some people might not realize that it goes quick for some of the major races. So if you want to register, you have to figure out what time that registration is opening and be online at (laughs) 10 a.m. or whatever time it is that day. And that could typically be, I mean, they're usually, what, nine months to almost a year ahead of time? 
Mm-hmm. So depending on on the race weekend, some sell out quicker than others. I know Princess always goes pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. um, being prepared for that and then also booking hotels and stuff as soon as you can because the mm-hmm. races attract so many people that then the hotels are going to get filled and you might not get what you want and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Where's your pl- favorite place to stay on a run weekend? Um, if budget is no concern, <laughs> then... Um, <laughs> I like being on the monorail loop the best, especially if you're doing um, like the half marathon that's princess or the January weekend because it runs to Magic Kingdom. So I always have, I almost always have a spectator with me. So I'm also thinking logistically about how that person can get to different spots to mm-hmm. see me during the race. So when we've stayed on the monorail loop, it's convenient because he can just go to Magic Kingdom and be right there on Main Street and then take the monorail to Epcot and be at the finish line as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but staying in the boardwalk area has been nice too because the 10K for Princess Re- Weekend runs through there. So um, he yeah, does Most of them start at Epcot or mm-hmm. Magic Kingdom, right? Yeah. They, okay. All the ones I've done have started from Epcot and ended at Epcot. Okay. So yeah, really anywhere around that, like you said, monorail or anywhere around that Epcot area yeah. is the, my best place. Especially if you do have somebody, friends or, or, you know, a spouse or anybody who wants to see you on the course because you can't really get around using normal transportation. The buses aren't mm-hmm. going to be running that early and roads are closed off, obviously, because you're running on them. <laughs> so um, that can be a little bit tricky. Um, but a lot of the time I just end up at animal kingdom lodge cause we have DVC there. So <laughs> okay, it's <laughs> my, that's my that's default. Nice. Yeah. And I would say yeah. staying close to doesn't take you as long to get to the start line. So you can yeah. you know, extra maybe 15 minutes of sleep. Hey, right? that 15 <laughs> minutes matters. Yeah. yeah it, it adds it up in the end. <laughs> now, do you typically, I mean, still kind of go to the parks afterwards? I mean, especially after the dopey challenge, were you able oh to walk gosh. after that to, to kind of enjoy <laughs> yourself? Or? Yeah. Um, so for the dopey challenge weekend, I had friends with me to, to cheer me on. And so they wanted to go out to Disney Springs in the evening and then go bar hopping. So they had a oh, whole wow. plan, like go to oh, Disney Springs, go to Trader Sam's, uh, go to the Contemporary. So I took a nap and then like very slowly made my way <laughs> to join Were you them. Just completely fueled by coffee that day. <laughs> yeah, that was I got to Disney Springs and I was like, I need the coffee first and then we can like go to the, mm-hmm. the bar. And I think they hit one or two places without me first and then I kind of joined in later. But mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to like walk around a theme park that day. <laughs> right. No, uh-huh. I can imagine. Uh, do, yeah. do you typically then, you know, stay an extra day or two to have time in the theme parks after the race weekend? Yeah. Um, and for if I'm not doing like the full marathon or the dopey challenge, I can usually do at least a couple of hours in a park in the afternoon. I have an annual pass, so it's easy for me to just go in for a few hours if I want to and and come okay. and leave. Um, so I do usually stay a day or two extra. If the race is Sunday, I'll leave either Monday night or Tuesday. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I never, I I always find that like the, I'm going to say quote unquote lame rides and that's not, there are, they aren't lame rides, but the rides that you just sit and they don't do much. Those are the best rides after doing the runs. Like what what was that? I I found a new appreciation for the, uh, 
Tomorrowland people, people, yes. yeah, people mover after after we ran that half marathon. I um, think I fell asleep during one of the what, what ride were we on? Oh, you fell asleep on um Spaceship Earth. Yeah, that's I, another good one. I was so on. I was so happy. I wanted to ride it again and again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you really learn the rides. They're like, oh, this is nice, like 10, 15 minutes. Just mm-hmm. very easy. You can sit down on. You kind of gravitate towards those. Or like the shows that you don't normally go to watch. But I went <laughs> yeah. to, I stopped in like the Epcot uh, France Pavilion and watched their film like twice mm-hmm. in a row. Because oh, I just okay. didn't want to walk anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I That's can imagine. Awesome. So. That's awesome. Well, Becky, we really you know appreciate you. Um, talking with us today i think you know it's really informative um yeah you know kind of the the queen of run disney here doing so many races (laughs) definitely you know far surpassed um i think either of us 21 i don't know that i would ever do that many races or do the dopey challenge so i think that's that's really impressive i'm hoping to try try some of the other ones because i haven't done star wars or wine and dine yet so someday i want to check those off too yeah, yeah. The, the Star Wars um, one was really good. They actually had fun. some scenes um, set up on the race. So they had like the the Ewoks, the Battle of Endor oh, cool. kind of set up. They yeah. had like lasers and fire going off. So that, that was a pretty fun one. Uh, I think that was a good one. I think we've talked about, I mean, we enjoyed it. So I think we've talked about mm-hmm. doing the princess one sometime. Yeah, and maybe the, I would the love wine to do that. And, and the wine and dine. Yeah. I think that yeah. would be fun. Yeah. So, so if, um, if, if the listeners are interested in finding out more, they can obviously check out your blog, Disney in your uh, anywhere else, any social media handles you want to plug or anything? Yeah, I'm, um, on all the typical social media, all under Disney in your day, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. Um, so you can always find me there just at Disney in your day. It's pretty easy. So, all right. All perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks Becky. We appreciate it. Thank you so it. much. Yeah. Thank you. It's been fun. All right. So that was our interview with Becky. I want to thank her again um, for being you, on Becky. the show. You know, I think, again, it was really insightful on the run Disney. Yeah. And let me tell you, it was so nice to talk to somebody that wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would typically be offended by that, but <laughs> I understand. You know, I think one thing she mentioned is she's been doing a lot of um, cooking, trying out kind of Disney recipes at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really struck a chord with you because you yeah. love the food. Yeah. So she, when she said that she's been blogging about that lately, I'm like, uh, well, I know what I'm going to be doing tonight. I'm going to be reading those. And then I think that all of us right now could use a little bit more, you know, flair, like culinary flair. Since we can't actually travel or go anywhere, we can all travel to Disney in our kitchens. So definitely check out her blog posts about some of these things that she's making because in our kitchens and our stomachs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 cake that she mentioned that she made sounds awe-inspiring. I know that <laughs> neither of us have the um, culinary chops to do that. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty impressed by that. So <laughs> again, so if if anybody's interested in kind of reading more from Becky or checking out some of those blog posts, nay, uh, that we not mentioned, if you're interested, you will be yes. interested. <laughs> so again, it's it's DisneyInYourDay.com. We'll, we'll put a link in the, the episode description. Also, all the you know normal social media channels, like she mentioned, Disney in your day. So check her out. Yeah. And you can also go on and see her really awesome race costumes. Um, get, get some good ideas for the race. Definitely. So I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. Uh, make sure you subscribe, leave us a rating or a review. And again, we are on YouTube now. So be sure to head over there. We have uh, have a, a few episodes uh, out there. So we've done... 
um, our review of the the lightsaber building and droid building experience <laughs> I, and, at Savvy's workshop. And I'm a, I was a little afraid that Joe was going to take my head off during that. So yeah, and actually this week. So if if you've considered subscribing or checking out, head over this week. There's also a, a link in the description um, to our YouTube channel because this week we will be testing our drawing skills and trying to draw Disney characters and spoiler alert. Uh, we are terrible and we are not artists. So it is very comical and, and we challenge everyone to, to try drawing hey. with us hey. and, and post your pictures and let us know kind of how well you did we, because anything is better than what we did. So be sure to check that out. That will be actually up on Wednesday of this week on our channel. Um, so check that out. And if you need a good laugh, because <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know we we had a good laugh recording the video. So, let alone I can only imagine what other people are going to think. It was a little stressful. I'm the, not going to lie. I think the only person that would like the the drawings we did are our moms. I think <laughs> it's one of those things like whenever you're a kid and you come home, your mom goes, "Oh, this is great. I'm going to put this on the fridge." And really, she's the only one that actually likes it. I think that's kind of but, the situation. But also, it's that same situation as your mom puts it in the hope chest, and then whenever you're like you know, you're like 30. She hands over the hope t- chest and is like, here's all of your stuff from when you were a child. Yeah. But here's the problem with that. We are like 30 now. So we have no excuse. <laughs> we can't say, Oh, this is something we did when we were 10. We did it today. <laughs> all right, everyone uh, have a great week. And uh, thanks again uh, to Becky for being our guest. We'll see you here next week. It's episode 100. Um, so we'll have to, We'll have more great sound effects like that. So so be sure to check us out next week. Thanks for lending us your ears. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. We'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.